good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening, regardless. Thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0 and what a show it was. For once, I am proud to do this show. After the show, I was proud to watch. Not embarrassing. Tons of fun. I'm Boris, and as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, bon fight! It's birthday Boris today! Happy birthday, my big homie! How you doing? Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Aside from the fact that my shoulder feels like it's falling off, shoulder literally feels like it's hanging in, hanging on by a thread. But that's okay. I feel great. Oh, no. Beautiful day. Oh. Birthday. Year older. On the other side of the, my 30s at this point. Debating life. Oof. Debating everything. <laughs> debating every choice I've ever made at this point. <laughs> Staring off at the distance at the sunsets. And, yep. uh, Which really, is kind of funny because I was literally staring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it. It was like a, it was like a Christmas card there or something. You just it. a classic Boris album cover look just I now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, on this show, we have tons to talk about. We have an excellent NXT 2.0 episode to review, and then as always, we are going to be chatting, reviewing, analyzing NXT UK on NXT UK Corner. Man, oh man. Like I said. I wasn't embarrassed to watch NXT 2.0 last night. In fact, yesterday would be an episode that would sit down with someone who's not even a wrestling fan and not be embarrassed, not be hating myself uh, to watch wrestling. Yeah, it was a it was a good show. And NXT 2.0, all of a sudden, Boris, it's got a little intrigue. It's got a little heat behind it. I'm excited to see this War Games show. There are numerous matches on that card that I want to see that I'm intrigued by. They have a little bit of steam here. I think for the first time since they made the switch to the rainbow paint splotchy brand, I think this is the first time that they've had some intrigue and some heat, Boris, some heat. Yep, this is for sure the first time since they became the uh, Technicolor Dreamcoat brand that uh, you know there's <laughs> there, there's something to it. There are intriguing stories, um, and dare I say, Matt, dare I say that this show had a better setup than Survivor Series? Oh, definitely. I I think inarguably War Games is better built now than Survivor Series was. I think this NXT 2.0 show is borderline more entertaining than Survivor Series. I didn't really sit down and watch all of Survivor Series, though. I was in and out. I did really like the Becky Lynch-Charlotte match. I thought that was really, really good. I thought it was the best thing I saw. I did miss the main event, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no. But Becky-Charlotte thing was great for just many reasons. That match really should have closed the show, especially if they weren't going to do anything at the end of the uh, Big E Roman match. But uh, we're not here to talk about main roster stuff. We're here to talk about NXT 2.0. But, like, yeah, like, at the top of the show, like we said, NXT War Games just 10 days away. And, man, oh, man, there's actually intriguing storylines. The part that I love the best is the fact that you have a bunch of feuds going on, standalone feuds. You bring all the feuds together, and then you call a War Games match. It's it, it, it just feels like this is what Survivor Series should be. It shouldn't be about brand supremacy. It shouldn't be about, you know, all that stuff. 
bring a bunch of feuds together and let people hash it out in teams. Um, and uh, that's exactly what we're going to get. Yeah, it's really quite well done because you're you're serving, uh, you know, both masters, as it were. You're like you're also doing kind of a brand supremacy thing, kind of like a NXT 1.0 versus 2.0 thing. That's the overarching story. But in that story, there are a lot of moving parts, a lot of different people feuding with different people. And yeah, it's like an interesting mix. It's actually like, dare I say, Boris, well booked. It's pretty well booked. <laughs> There you say indeed. What What's interesting also is kind of like I love one particular part, and I'm just going to say it right now, and I never thought I would say this on NXT Talk anytime soon, and that was Cora Jade's promo when she essentially said, enough of that boring, that can they coexist BS. I absolutely love that. You know, just making fun of their own booking at the end of the day, right? Like it's kind of, it, it felt like a, a line out of, Uncle H's NXT, where they were making fun of themselves, kind of not taking themselves too serious, but being a good wrestling brand. And I absolutely love that. So I think, I'm hoping that they're going to continue that and not have this overarching, will they coexist story. Yeah, I think the fact that they called it out, I think that had to put an end to it. And we only have one more episode of NXT before... Uh, before the big old pay-per-view anyway, Boris. So I don't think they're going to have much time to not be coexist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. And I guess at some point between now and Tuesday, we're going to get a men's ladder match uh, uh, scheduled for the advantage. We already got the females match in with Dakota Kai. Um, you know, so we'll, so we'll kind of see what, what they end up doing. But honestly, like this, this show had it all. Um, and... The part that I like the most, looking through the card, looking through the results, looking at the timing of the matches, this is exactly what we've been talking about for a really long time. And that is the fact that um, you had a great match to start the show, and they gave them this magical thing that humans invented called time. Yes, exactly. Lots of time, lots of uh, space to breathe and to figure it out. And I think what you're gonna, about to get to is they also did the same thing with the main event. Two great matches, bookending the show, and then their character building, their squashes, their promos, and uh, nonsense, if you will, yeah. in the middle. But it wasn't really nonsense this week. It was actually all pretty good with a couple uh, glaring exceptions. Oh, there was, a, of course, there's always going to be those glaring exceptions at the end of the day. This is still developmental. But it's kind of funny because even those those random things that we thought were felt random in the show, dude, they 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 actually brought everything together at the end of the show. It was just like really well done. Yeah, no, this was uh this was a good entertaining and like we said, like well-written, well-booked episode of NXT 2.0. This was good stuff. I really did like it. Yeah, it's scary. I almost don't want to praise it too much because you yeah, never know yeah. exactly what's going to happen. It wasn't it wasn't like a blow away, like a classic episode of wrestling television. But I think the bar has been set so low that when they do actually produce something halfway decent, it feels like such a breath of fresh air, man. You know, look, I don't need a cigarette after watching that show. All right. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. To everyone listening, I am trying out my new mic. So if I don't sound as crystal clear and as beautiful and sexy as I usually do, it's simply because I'm using the new mic, testing it out. Uh, but uh, I've told Matt to let me know if I sound a little off. Um, this mic is, dare I say, just like many of my relationships, including my current one. This mic is too good for me. 
<laughs> it's really picking up all of the bass in your voice, Boris. It's it's uh, yeah, it's it's all good though, homie. We'll you know we'll we'll tinker if need be. But uh, yeah, man, happy birthday again. Do you have Thank any you. plans today? What what are you doing to celebrate this fine November twenty fourth? Fucking podcasting with you. That's what I'm doing, and I'm so depressed about that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. No, Love you too, buddy. Um, honestly, I I don't have too many plans, man. Like, uh, you know, most likely gonna go see my grandma at some point. Uh, nice. And then, uh, yeah, just we'll see. Uh, maybe possibly, possibly, uh, go see the lady friend later. Maybe I don't know. Um. Outside of that, like honestly, it's just I'm just honestly trying to relax, chill. I feel you, man. Um, it's been such a hectic few weeks. It's going to be a hectic few weeks as we go into the new year. Um, and yeah, just working on a lot of different uh, projects near and dear to my heart uh, that um, you know people are going to uh, hear about soon on this show and many other shows. I brought back its canon this week, so that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, glad to hear that, man. Yeah, I've appeared on the It's Candid podcast before. You guys do a great job talking all of nerd culture. If yeah. uh, anyone's out there into video games, Lego, uh, you know, uh, high high caliber tech stuff, you guys all know your stuff. It's really good. It's a really good listen. Yeah. Uh, definitely check out the It's Canon podcast. Uh, but yeah, man, if you do end up in the city, let me know. We'll grab a drink or something. Yep, we'll do 100%. Um, most likely, most freaking likely, we will uh, do something later on, but... Uh, but yeah, how about you? What's going on with you? Oh, Frig all there. So yeah, I wrote a uh, a piece for Operation Sports reviewing uh, Franchise Hockey Manager 8, which is like a text-based sports sim, similar to Football Manager or Out of the Park Baseball. Um, it's, it's, it's a decent game. You know, you can check out my review. Uh, out of the Park Baseball and Football Manager are like 10 out of 10, as good as that idea possibly could be. The oh. hockey game's like 7 or 8, you know? No, Football Manager is an awesome game. I I used to play that religiously for years. Um, it's just so much fun. And it's kind of funny because you actually do learn a lot of the business side of um of the sport playing those games. Yeah. Uh, absolutely not only the not only the business side, but you can start a league in like the nineteen tens in baseball. I don't know if it's the same in football manager, but you can go back and learn the history of the sport as well. So it's just those those are very interesting. Yeah, I got a couple videos coming out at the end of November for Operation Sports as well. Check them out on YouTube. We're rolling uh away there. And yeah, just plugging away, homie. Yeah. Have you ever played the baseball game Baseball Mogul? Yes, I did. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a lesser version of Out of the Park in, in, in a couple ways. But I love Baseball Mogul, too. Yep. That's actually that got me into text-based uh, sports sims, that game. Yep, same here. Same here. So funny. Uh, it's funny. I remember back in the early 90s when my brother started uh, uh, programming, like uh, computer programming uh, in high school. The final project was essentially building a video game. Building a game doesn't have to be anything crazy. But my brother literally spent months and months and months programming a text-based wrestling game. Oh, wow. It was like an That's... RPG. It was so cool. It was based on the 90, early January 1993 roster. Uh, and it was text-based. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like it was, it was basically like um, a Mortal Kombat ladder. And the further you went, obviously the odds were stacked against you. 
um, the main event being, you know, Yokozuna was the final boss, but then you had to face Hulk Hogan, kind of like in Mike Tyson's knockout. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, there's a, I think there's like a, a place for a new wrestling sim to kind of take over because yeah. Uh, have you ever played total extreme wrestling that game? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have uh, years ago, years ago. I yeah. played that same. I just remember it being very complicated and not as much fun as extreme warfare. Revenge was like yeah. the, when that came out in like 2002 or three, anyway, we're deep in nerd territory right now. We should probably scale it back a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, it just been, oh, I actually have a pretty good Tinder story. We should save that for Bam next week. We don't want to get too long in the or uh, tomorrow. We don't want to get too long in the tooth. But yeah, exactly. But that's fine. Uh, so let's talk about Bam briefly. I think Bam is going to be a pretty good show tomorrow. Um, you know, we're going to have a conversation about war games, cage matches, war chamber because we're going to be chatting MLW War Chamber. Uh, that was last week. I was able to watch it earlier this week. I have plenty of thoughts on that match. Nice. I have not seen that yet, but I will watch it today in preparation for the podcast tomorrow. I did watch ROH TV, so I'll be able to add some uh, educated thoughts on that. I'm going to watch the last couple episodes as that dwindles down. And we have a lot of sports to talk about on BAM tomorrow. Lots to get to. It's going to be fun. Yep, and then we're going to have a live debate on whether we should bother with NWA pay-per-view, <laughs> but we'll see. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk it out. Exactly. Someone on SNME radio should watch that pay-per-view, and it might have to be us. But I feel like uh, I feel like we might be able to find someone else. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens and see who would uh, – yeah, it'll be covered. Don't worry, everyone. It'll be covered. Uh, but, yeah, dude. Shall we just get into some uh, good old NXT chatter? Let's do it. Let's NXT TLK, buddy. All right, let's TLK some NXT. All right, so we're going to start chatting NXT TV from November 22nd, live from the Performance Center. Um, So the show opens up what seemed to be a production blunder. I don't think was an actual production blunder as Grayson Waller is in the ring. Essentially crapping on the history of WWE and NXT. Um, Grayson Waller points out that Tommaso Ciampa isn't in the cold open and he's not larger than life or a superstar like he thinks he is. He then berates the crowd for booing superstars like himself, John Cena. Then he talks about The Rock, who he also complains gets booed out of town. And he said, don't get him started on Roman Reigns. This is great. The crowd ate this up. The crowd booed him out of the uh, performance center. Um, and he says that he's he's now the uh, you know while Roman Reigns got booed out of town, we booed him so much, and now he is the head of the table. And he tells him that Twitter freaks don't matter, but superstars do. And this is when Tommaso Ciampa comes in to the ring what did you think of this opening promo from grayson waller i really liked it like you said it wasn't uh at no point it wasn't a uh, production gaff it was supposed to be a grabber off the show grayson waller comes up 
and interrupts the like forever, like the then now forever start of WWE says, all of these guys are useless and meaningless. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty big. I like this Grayson Waller character. He's become a very interesting, like troll the fans heel. Um, I, 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 there are a couple inconsistencies in the character, but honestly, like whatever, like it's fine. He's figuring it out. He's finding it, you know? So I, I really like this a lot. I thought it was Pretty good, shockingly good start to NXT 2.0. Grabber, exactly. yeah, it got your attention like that. It really did, and again, I go back to what we've been talking about, uh, you know, with this show, and that is how we need that that attention grabber. You know, opening up the show with a cold open straight into a two minute match is not going to catch mine or anyone's attention. Uh, it needs something more. So you know, doing what they did actual intriguing promo that led into an actual intriguing match go freaking figure right um so this like i mentioned led us into the opening match of the night which was grayson waller versus tomasa champa and i gotta say this match went just under 14 minutes 13 and a half minutes ish and it honestly showed us a side of grayson waller we have been wanting to see it shows us why these people in nxt 2.0 have been signed this is exactly the type of match that we needed, and it continues to prove that Tommaso Ciampa is the MVP of NXT 2.0. I couldn't agree with you more, buddy. You absolutely nailed it. This was, uh, yeah, this was his best performance, Grayson's, by far on the brand. This was a very good match. He's still, uh, he's still very new at this, but he's got something you can't teach. He's got a knack. He's got a charisma, and he's very athletic in there. He's a big guy too. So I think, yeah, I think Grayson Waller could go pretty far in this here professional wrestling business, Boris. But yeah, 13 and a half minutes, they let Waller kick out of a top rope air raid crash, which is pretty, I thought, I thought that was the finish for sure. I thought so too. And I'm actually hundred percent shocked that, uh, they let not only let him kick out of that, but put up a bit of a fight until the end of the match. Yeah, yeah, come back after that and get some get some licks in on Ciampa. And Ciampa had to hit the Willow's Bell and the fairy tale ending to win this one in 13 minutes and 31 seconds. Clean as a whistle, but a very good match. Awesome performance from uh, Grayson Waller. Oh, Boris, as the young guns, we need to uh, come up with the rating system du jour this week. Uh, do you have any ideas? No, man. I actually was hoping that you would have an idea because I have none right now. Look, I think I have one to celebrate the fact that you're starting to come around on Cora Jade to celebrate the youngest superstar Calm in NXT. Down. Calm down there. Calm. <laughs> We're going to go mini boards out of five to celebrate Cora Jade and her tiny little skateboard. So I think this is three and a half mini boards out of five. It's a 70% mini Tony Hawk percentage. All right. Let's move on. Uh, so, yeah, Tampa wins. <laughs> Um, we get the replays, we see L.A. Knight watching backstage as Tommaso Ciampa celebrates, and then the hardest-working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, approaches hey! one night and talks about Grayson Waller, saying he does suck, and that's just a fact of life. Joe Gacy approaches and says he sh- we should be building each other up, not tearing each other down they have words and gracie says no fear our safe space is out in the ring and it will always be there knight says another fact of life is gacy getting his ass stomped 
Night storms off and Gacy just stares at him, uh, saying to leave the hostility in the locker room. Gacy smiles to end the segment. I'm glad, uh, Boris, the beef between you and Mackenzie is over. It warms my heart to see that uh, the beef has been squashed. And uh, yeah, we'll get to both of these guys, I think, a little later on in the show. I'm a little bit worried about where this Joe Gacy thing's going right now. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. All right, we'll talk about that in in a little bit. Uh, I'm still so undecided on this. Like I, I toss and turn every week on whether it's good, whether I like it, whether it's worth it. We'll see. Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, we see how last week's in-ring poker showdown ended with Duke Hudson attacking Cameron Grimes and cutting his hair. Grimes will be here next as we go back to commercial, back from the break. Toxic Attraction is backstage, talking and walking as they insult Cora Jade, thankfully. Uh, Dakota Kai walks up and awkwardly walks with them. Mandy Rose says she won't need them out there with her tonight. There's a bunch of debris laying on the ground. They acknowledge it, but keep on walking. That's when Kay Lee Ray appears and knocks some more stuff to the ground with a baseball bat, pulling her besting impression. Yeah, so you know, uh, it's kind of it, it's kind of similar to Dakota Kai, although not as bad. But it feels like they just took a lot of layers away from this Kaylee Ray character, and now she is generic, angry girl with baseball bat. So I don't know. I, I, she, I guess she didn't really have much of a character before. It was she was just like an excellent wrestler. But that that could be enough when you're as good as Kaylee Ray. So I don't know about this new. I'm crazy. I have a baseball bat thing. Well, how do you feel about this uh, this new twist on the Kaylee Ray presentation? Um, I'm going to let it happen into War Games and see what happens after War Games. I'm not too much of a fan of this simply because, like we just said, you know, we already have a crazy girl, crazy chick character. We don't need so many at this point, right? Yeah. Like it's, uh, I, it's, it's, it, there's no need at this point, right? So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's too early to pass judgment. But uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I kind of just, I don't know. I feel like characters become, uh, you know, less. Uh, I don't, I don't even less complicated, less complex, less interesting. Uh, they become, once they're, they become less important at that point. Like the, at that point, there is no reason why we should care about either Dakota Kai or Kaylee Ray if they're going to be kind of portraying the same character. I know that there's people who gonna who are going to be saying Kaylee Ray is portraying an angry chick with a bat. That's still similar enough. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, Kaylee Ray is like anger. And Dakota Kai is like twitchy hearing voices walking around like spooked out. Uh, yeah, it, it, they're both neither are, you know, good characters. It's it's a miss, in my opinion. But again, it's it's pretty early to say that. Exactly. I think that's a thing. It's 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 super early to really pass judgment, but it's on notice. Um, all right. So we go back to the ring and now comes Cameron Grimes with shorter hair. With a cleaner beard, Grimes gets on the mic and he talks about being bullied as he grew up in a small North Carolina town. He's sh shown them that he was good enough that if he scratched and crawled, it didn't matter how many nights he slept on a concrete floor or scraped up change for, good, for food. He showed all those people that he holds it down. 
Fans start chanting to the moon. Uh, Grimes says he made it in this industry, even struck it rich. But through all that, he kept his hair and his beard to remind himself of his humble beginnings. To remind him when he had nothing. Grimes says Duke Hudson took all that away from him, humiliated him, but also made him angry. And that's where Duke messed up. Grimes says he's done talking as he calls Duke out. Matt, how amazing was this? What is it just me or was he crying? He like oh he was he, crying. He was full on crying. Yep, tears rolling down this man's face as he's telling his story of growing up in small town North Kakalaki. Boris, this yep. was a great promo. We've been saying it for months now, but Cameron Grimes is he is such a professional. No matter what you give him, he he goes up and he's swinging for the fences. And honestly, like seven or eight times out of ten, this guy hits a home run. This. He is so incredible in ring. Out of ring, backstage promos, like uh, in the ring with a microphone for 10 minutes. This guy can do everything. How is he still on NXT? Um, His size, honestly, at this point, Uh, there's no reason why he should still be in NXT. This guy needs to be pushed to the moon. Like, this guy is such a superstar. And like I put on the Facebook chat last night, you know, if he was anywhere else, literally anywhere else, he would be a mid to high level mid Carter, dare I say, even main eventer, depending on where he ended up. He's been a main eventer everywhere he's gone, basically. Like, he hasn't gone very many places, but he was pretty much main event level in PWG where he wrestled a long time. He was a main eventer in Impact. And, uh, yeah, man, he, like, he, like, basically main evented the every indie in the southern United States for, like, five years. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, he's... He, He's an incredible wrestler. He's an incredible character. It's crazy that he's like where he is in the wrestling business because he's so much more talented than like mid card NXT guy. Yeah. But I mean, all all we can do is appreciate the fact that he's on our TVs every week. I'm so happy to see a Cameron Grimes promo. This was great. Great. Yeah. This is honestly one of the best promos you're going to probably hear all all week. Um, and that's, you know, for, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to stick to that knowing that dynamite and rampage are still to come this week. Yeah. And they put out that awesome YouTube video, that 10 minute road to dynamite, which was incredible. Cameron, this Cameron Grimes thing was, I don't know if it was as good as the the Danielson Colt thing, but for a man cutting a 10 minute promo by himself in the ring, this was incredible, incredible work by Cameron Grimes. Um, Duke appears on the screen. We see him seated in a barber's chair as fans boo. Matt, I loved the fact that he was in a barber's chair getting his hair cut because just last week he forcefully cut Cameron Grimes' hair. Like, I just love yeah. that, like, that, that, that big F you he was giving to him. Yeah, exactly. A subtle but not so subtle direct shot saying, like, I'm in control of this situation. I'm getting my hair did real nice because I want to. Yeah, I thought this was great by Duke Hudson, too. Obviously, it wasn't as good as what Cameron Grimes had just done, but Cameron Grimes had just painted a masterpiece. Exactly. Uh, Duke says he almost didn't recognize Grimes, but why is Grimes so upset? Duke says Grimes took a lot of money from him last week and got a free haircut. Duke tried to transform Grimes from a troll under the bridge to a decent human being. Grimes calls Duke to come settle this like a man, but Duke doesn't see that happening. 
and he says, sorry, not sorry. Grimes says Dick proved to be everyone that he's gutless and nutless. Grimes says, let's put all the stakes there. Let's go all in. Grimes proposes a match de apuestas. A hair v. hair match at War Games, Boris. Duke says he wouldn't mind taking a little more off the top. Duke stands up, accepts the challenge, and says he's going to take the rest of Grimes' hair. He pulls out a bag of Grimes' hair from last week as fans continue to boo him. Matt, when Duke Hudson has a bag of someone's hair, he's a heel. When I do it, I'm just a creep. <laughs> when I do it, I'm kicked out of Subway. But <laughs> That's... Uh... <laughs> That's uh, I, I really like this segment a lot. Hair versus hair. Very interesting proposal. And if Cameron Grimes is going to get his hair cut, you know, this is a good way to do it. Put Duke Hudson over. That's what I assume we're building towards here. Because I see no reason to shave Duke Hudson's head. I, I feel like this is building up to a Cameron Grimes haircut. Yeah, I don't think Duke Hudson is established enough that we give a crap that he gets his haircut. Exactly right. And you, you get to, he gets to have that on his resume. He's the man who shaved Cameron Grimes' head forever. So I think that's a, I think it's a really good idea, actually. I think it's a good look. Uh, we'll see if it's a good look on Cameron Grimes, but it's a good look for NXT. Yep. Uh, the announcer's hype. Tonight's main event. Pete, Pete Dunn is backstage with a promo on Johnny Gargano and NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes. Essentially, he is promising the title win. Sejour. Uh, yeah, good promo by Pete Dunne, but I feel like it was kind of like the match that follows the five-star match. You know what I mean? I kind of needed a cigarette after that Grimes promo, so yeah. it fell on a little bit of deaf ears. But yep. good work by Pete Dunne. All right, and then the hardest-working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is backstage with Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota. We see how Trick Williams and NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes attacked Dexter Loomis last week. Indy says Dexter suffered a fractured hand with a few broken um, metacarpals and will be out for over a month. Indy says Hayes and Trick took away Dexter's ability to draw. So tonight, Johnny Gargano will take the NXT North American title from Hayes. Persia offers to work this match alone, but Indy says she is fine. Persia heads to the ring, and Indy sends a shout-out to Dexter, saying this match is for him, and she loves him as we head to commercial. Looks like our first seed has been planted for the Indy-Persia split down the road, Boris. Yep. Do you think it's too early to even start planting the seeds? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But if these guys, if these uh, ladies rather are getting fast tracked to the main roster, one or both of them, uh, you got to you got to get to it. So That's, I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be feuds are going to move very quickly in NXT 2.0. Things are going to happen at a rapid pace. That's that's honestly my takeaway from all of this is that, um, you know, this is what to expect with NXT 2.0. Um, so we come back from break and we get a coming soon vignette from Tiffany Stratton. She talks about how she was not born with a silver spoon in her mouth because silver is tacky. And now her father has been paying for her tennis lessons. So she has the best serve out of everyone at the country club. Her dad believes she's ready for NXT, and she he is never wrong. Stratton says it's time to take over NXT. So, a couple things. 
this is the new Frankie Monet character. It's a different take on it, this but it's like bombastic, rich, blonde girl. Is sadly Frankie Monet meets uh, Scarlet Bordeaux's smoke show character from Impact. With yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's and also you know, a little you know bit the of... part that gets to me though. It's as What's if that? it's not as if WWE literally had both those people just two weeks ago. <laughs> Literally weeks ago, both of them on the roster. But uh, they wanted the younger, shinier new toy. But uh, she's also got a little bit of Zaya Brookside in her, the new uh, daddy, daddy, rich girl character, you know? I do wonder, because we know Zaya Brookside's dad is Robbie Brookside. I wonder if we're going to get Tiffany Stratton's father introduced as a character. Because that's a smoking gun already. That is a Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's yeah. rich dad. I was literally about to say that. Is Do you think that the father makes an appearance and do we know the father al wilson dude, <laughs> no, I... dude i 100 percent was gonna make an al wilson joke i kid you oh, really? not one thousand percent i was gonna weird an al wilson joke oh my god i guess i guess it's the natural first thought but uh, we're in sync here buddy that's team chemistry right there anyway i don't know i kind of it, it, this is a fine first attempt at a, at a vignette. Let's see what she has. Uh, she was on 205 Live recently, too, yep. like the last episode, on, right? Yep, she was on 205 last week. In ring, we can work on that, right? <laughs> feel you, feel you. But yeah, it this was, wasn't bad. I'm intrigued to see this character. That's fine. All right, cool. Uh, we'll move on. Persia Parata and Indy Hartwell versus Caden Carter and Casey Kettenzaro, the LSD twins. Yeah, the rave girls. MDMA team. Uh, yeah, this wasn't uh, wasn't very great. Three minutes and, what, 32 seconds or something like that. But I, it went exactly in the direction that we all saw coming as soon as Indy said that she's ready and she's fighting for Dexter. Kind of saw where this was going. Yep. Um, so, essentially, the gist of this match is that Indy Hartwell is so distracted because of her hubby, Dexter Loomis, that she just can't get her mind into the ring. Uh, so this costs Indy Hartwell and Persia Peralta the match. So your winners in three and a half minutes, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, the LSD twins, the must-see gals. Yes, the MDMA machine guns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so actually, speaking of the Motor City machine guns, it's, it's, it's funny because I think their old finish was a Motor City machine guns move, right? Yes. It yep. was like the neck breaker, top rope move, sometimes a 450 splash, sometimes a swanton. I, th I feel like uh, Casey would mix it up. Yeah. Now their finisher is Caden uh, Carter gets on the middle rope, Brett's rope, as it were. Casey Catanzaro jumps on Caden's shoulders, and then Caden jumps off the middle rope, and Casey delivers Boris the dreaded big splash, the money shot, if you will. So that's their new finisher. I kind of like it. Pretty cool yeah. move. Hey. It works, right? Like it works. It's fine. I'm. It. Uh, it is what it is, and uh, we'll move with it. Um, you know, if anything, let's give them a move that they can pull off each and every week. Exactly, and the uh, the Motor City Machine Guns finish is quite dangerous. A lot can go wrong on that move. That's this exactly. one actually, though it though it looks dangerous, I would say this one is far less dangerous. I think just by looking at it. Honestly, that to me, that's what it comes down to. 
I would rather them do a move that's safe to do week over week over week over week than them killing themselves or hurting, like seriously hurting themselves or hurting someone else in the process. So I'm fine with that. So yeah, Caden Carter, Casey Kenzaro wins. My friend, how would you rate this match? Uh, I would say slightly below average, all things considered. But, you know, a strong effort. It wasn't an abomination. We're going to go two mini boards out of five. Slight fail, slightly below the Mendoza line. Yep. All right. So after the match, Casey and Caden are celebrating. Persia sells her shoulder. I feel you, girl. Indy's also in the <laughs> ring. And then, my friend, the show goes from average to above average, dare I say, better than Andrade levels, because we get a video package for Santos Escobar, who is all about class and sophistication, as Legado del Fantasma is all back together, baby. Santos Escobar does not, like, you've made it uh, a, a gag almost, how much you love Santos, but, like, don't get lost in Boris's uh, jokingness here. Santos Escobar rules. He's really good at this. He's not as good as Andrade, but that's because Andrade is like an incredible wrestler. La Sombra was an incredible wrestler. That guy's had five-star matches. Uh, Santos Escobar has not had those opportunities yet, but everything this guy does uh, turns to gold. Like Santos Escobar is fantastic. He's really good. And he's fantastic on the mic. There's just, there's, uh, there's an aura and okay, and on all seriousness, in all seriousness, there is an aura about Santos Escobar that I get that I don't get with Andrade. That's fair, man. I can't argue that. Santos is a far better promo, but I still think Andrade has a unique charisma about him. Santos has charisma too, but but there's a star quality to Andrade there that is. I feel like there is. that I feel like is is palpable. It's there. I'm not saying Santos doesn't have it, but Andrade does have it in spades, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see when they're both in AEW. <laughs> so the next match of the <laughs> night, uh, Santos Escobar versus Malik Blade. Uh, we get back to the ring, Legado del Fantasma, all coming out with La Madrina, Electra Lopez, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. Uh, back from the break, Andrade... Ch on Andrade... <laughs> Andre Chase is showing his <laughs> students that WWE Performance Center facilities. Cameron Grimes walks up all pissed off and Chase disrespects him to the students. Grimes tells Chase to go to hell. Then he keeps walking. Chase tells his students to never listen to an idiot like Grimes. We go back to the ring. Santos Escobar is waiting, as is Malik Blade. The bell rings and it's time for Santos to show us why. He is better than Andrade. <laughs> it was a quick little squash, but it was very entertaining. Uh, the man was put over strong. I think it was definitely an above-average pro wrestling presentation. I like this Malik Blade. I would like to see him get a win, get a little, get a little tiny bit of a push here and there because he's a he's a perfectly good jobber. He's got that down. He's got his fundamentals down. I would like to see him get more than just to be a punching yeah. bag. Same here. Same here. One hundred percent. All right. So as expected, Santos Escobar gets the big old W after the match. Um, Legado del Fantasma is in the middle of the ring. The music is hitting. They get on the mic. La Madrina, I should say, gets on the mic and she says, no one says no to Legado del Fantasma. They offered Zion Quinn the opportunity of a lifetime, but he said no. And well, look at him. 
She says they never needed Quinn anyways, and now that their leader, Santos Escobar, is back, Legado del Fantasma is better than ever. Joaquin Wilde takes the mic and says now that they are back at full strength, and then out comes not Zion Quinn, but Kyle O'Reilly and Vaughn Smackdown, Vaughn Wagner, Vaughn Beverly, <laughs> Vaughn Forehead. <laughs> Von Fargo. And I have noticed that he's toned the accent down a lot. I don't even think like it's worth making fun of anymore. I do feel like the first couple times he spoke, he was straight out of a Fargo movie. Oh, yeah. But now he's just kind of a dude. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, she was a thick accent there, bud. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. That wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> Totally keeping that in the show, um, as if we edit anything out. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, there. right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I love I love Electra Lopez on the mic. She's uh, she's figured it out. She has a ton of confidence. You know, she she's a clear speaker, and she really seems like she belongs. Yeah. So yeah. Honestly, Legado the Fantasma went from like a three and a half to a four with Electra Lopez. Like in all seriousness, like she just adds this dynamic to the group that makes it amazing. Now, I hope they don't share the same fate as Hit Row. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, famous last words. But, uh, yeah, they seem like they're going to be safe in this WWE company because all four of them are good. But, you know, like you could say Hit Row, B-Fab wasn't there yet, you know, but Electra Lopez is not there in the ring. But even as a character, she's way, way more... Uh, established way better off than B-Fab ever was, right? There At this is point. something to be said. I'm not trying to play the race card, and I think you know exactly where I'm going to go with this, but there is something to be said about the way that WWE kind of protects Latino performers a little bit, knowing that a good chunk of their audience is possibly Latino, and that they want to hit those Latin and Spanish markets. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, we've seen that time and time again in WWE. Yep. Maybe that's why Dana Brooke has still has a job. Hmm. Not that she's Latina, <laughs> but Latinos are. Na- Anyways, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, just steer this thing back on the rails. Kyle O'Reilly gets on the mic and he says they are here for the same reason. They want the NXT tag titles. Legado says that's too bad. Wagner says they have unfinished business because his foot was on the bottom rope in last a uh, couple weeks ago's loss. Then some more music interrupts, and out comes the NXT Tag Team Champions, Barcel Bartel and Fabian Aigner of Imperium. The champs speak from the platform above the crowd, and Bartel says these people are idiotic and much less intelligent. He rips them for only speaking one language and says the other teams should be ashamed of themselves for fighting like little children. Bartel insults Wagner, calling him Lurch, asks if they really think they can challenge for the titles. Bartel asks Legado if they really think they can go toe-to-toe with Imperium. Bartel says none of these teams can stop the absolute bearers of the division. Aigner also speaks and tells these chumps to figure out who gets the title shot at War Games. Imperium's music hit as they look on from the platform. All right, so a match with stakes next week. Uh, how do you think this plays out? Who do you think walks away with the tag team titles? Um, I think Kyle O'Reilly and Von Smackdown are going to eventually get the title shot, but they're going to fall short 
and lose to Imperium after Von Smackdown turns on O'Reilly for good. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that happening for sure. Um, yeah, well, because Imperium, but they're kind of like tweeners right yeah. now. But yeah, I do think at the end of the day, they're heel. And I would say that the babyface team of Kyle and Von Smackdown do pull it out. Yep, that's... That's pretty much exactly what I'm thinking. All right, so we will move on. Io Shirai and... So, so before we move on, we need to actually rate that match, but I wanted to kind of get the full yes. segment. So, Matthew, Mateo, Mateus, how would you rate that match? So, yeah, with all things considered, they set up a, a tag team title match at the uh, at the pay-per-view, and Santos got to squash somebody this... this uh, whole legato presentation that like you said has gone up a notch i don't think you can go any lower than three uh mini skateboards out of five it's a 60 percent pro skater percentage it was still a quick squash but you know what it was above average yep. i've seen some worse squashes watch oh, yeah. the superstars from the 1980s yeah pretty much all right Io Shirai <laughs> and zoe stark are backstage with cora jade raquel gonzalez walks up and has some words with shirai over their past Jade talks them down and says the whole thing of trying to get along is played out. Jade goes on about how they need a fourth partner for war games and tells them to figure it out while she goes out and kicks some toxic attraction ass. Jade walks I off definitely. while Shirai, Gonzalez, and Stark agree that she was right. How could you not laugh at and be charmed by what Cora Jade said in this promo? And it was perfect idea to give this to the youngest person on the roster and to be like for her to be the one who's completely over this shit. I thought that was actually a brilliant line. And I, I thought it like instantly kind of endeared the audience to Cora Jade. Like really, like even you, Boris, and even melted yeah, your heart. Let's, 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 let's not get carried away. three sizes on this day. Let's not get carried away with it, right? You know, it's it's. I I, I appreciated the line. <laughs> I thought it was great, no. and we got another good promo right after it, buddy. Oh, we got an amazing promo right after. Um, back from the break, a o a o gabagool. Tony D'Angelo is with the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. He talks about tonight's NXT North American title main event and how D'Angelo says Petey Poppins doesn't stand a chance. Tony <laughs> says people are betting on Carmelo Hayes and Johnny Gargano, but Dunn doesn't stand a chance. He goes on and tells Mackenzie to put her bet in. Mackenzie sends it back to the announcers, but D'Angelo interrupts and says, let's send it back to the three stooges at the announce table. I also like the line, like you got he talking about the uh, the wedding ring yeah. that Vic Joseph has just put on McKenzie's head. I completely <laughs> ignore that. Is that's a one carat ring? We could probably upgrade it at the two. And I just I love Tony D'Angelo. Like I said this in the in the Facebook thread, but unironically, without any sarcasm, I love this man. I think he's doing a fabulous job with this character. I think you could have found a hundred guys to portray this character, and I'm not sure a single one would have bought in and would be as natural and as charismatic and as funny as Tony D'Angelo is with this Tony Soprano character. I actually love it. It's really good. So one thing I'm noticing about NXT 2.0 is this, Matt. Let's talk about this right now. Put a pin on the show. That is the fact that we are really, really enjoying some of the character work happening. Even Joe Gacy, his character might be out there. We might not like where it's going, but the man can cut a promo for what he's given. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's very he's like a good actor. Yeah, Joe Gacy. I just don't like I don't like where the characters at, and I don't like where the his feud is gonna go. In my opinion. Uh, in my estimation, but yeah, right. yeah, you're right. You're right, man. The character work. Uh, some of these guys are really good. So, so that's it's all it is. Even with even with these horribly cheesy gimmicks, like the, they're doing pretty good stuff at the end of the day. Now, yeah. what I think WWE's mentality is: let's find people who can talk what we give them, and we can teach them how to wrestle. That's and that seems to be what they're going for. And like just just in terms of the athletic backgrounds of some of these guys, I think that's obviously the case. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it's it's you know I think we'll see how if this pays off. We'll see if this pays off. The direction that NXT 2.0 is going, we'll. I'm I don't want to buy in just yet. I'm not buying steak just yet. But <laughs> but if. Future episodes are as entertaining as last night, the one we're talking about right now. I'm not going to hate my life for watching this show. Yeah, the steak market. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I 100% agree. With you. <laughs> Don't boo me. You said it anyway. But uh, <laughs> I agree, man. Uh, yeah, no, I I think certain certain people are doing well. Once we hit the MSK promo, I think we might have some different thoughts about the character work on this show. Well, I didn't say everyone is good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, we go back to the ring. Out first comes the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose for this non-title match. And then comes uh, little Cora Jade with her little stupid skateboard. The bell rings. Match starts. Um, and again, this isn't a long match per se but it wasn't the worst until the ending yeah the finish was pretty terrible it wasn't like it wasn't good i think this was the classic uh good effort bad match kind of wrestling match you know yeah so uh, in the middle of the match kaylee ray comes down baseball pat in Oh, uh, distracting Rose. Rose goes back to Jade, rocks her with a knee. Ray swings the bat at the ring post and the announce table. Uh, Kaylee Ray distracts Mandy Rose again by tossing the bat to the referee, which allows little Cora Jade to take advantage. Roll up Rose for the one, two, three, and the win. Your winner in this non-title match, Cora freaking Jade. Yeah, so Cora Jade pins the NXT Women's Champion. Sure. Uh, it was a it was a weird roll up. It seemed like she wanted to get some kind of Zack Saber Junior thing going, but she couldn't quite do it. So she just continued to roll all over Mandy while the pin was happening. It was actually kind of funny, but, but uh, yeah, man. So the thing I took away from this is that Kaylee Ray's character is now just like she's in the background of the movie The Warriors. Her character is like <laughs> Casey Jones from Turtles from the Ninja Turtles. What's her character? I don't know. That's honestly my takeaway. I like Casey Jones. Let's go with Casey Jones. <laughs> Casey Jones. Kaylee Ray. Sounds similar. Kaylee Jones. <laughs> Kaylee Jones. Uh, that's uh, her right there. We need to quit. Um, <laughs> so Cora Jade wins. After the match, Jade is celebrating, makes her exit, and then a furious Mandy Rose looks on from the ring. My friend... How would you rate this match? 
Uh, yeah, so like I said before, it's the classic bad match, good effort. That gets two mini skateboards out of five. It's a uh, it's a 60% Goldfinger. No, sorry, it's 40% slight fail Goldfinger Superman percentage board. Oh, best song in the entire series. <laughs> uh, we get a promo from NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes, who is with Trick Williams. He issues harsh words for Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano, and he goes on about being the A champion, and he says he shoots and never misses. It, good good work here. I think this was one of the best promos he's cut. It was brief to the point. Liked it. Liked it a lot. Same here. I think that was the key, right? Brief and to the point. Brief and to Absolutely. the point. Absolutely. Words to live by. Uh, Joe Gacy is backstage. Gacy says there's no fear of community because a connection needs two people. He is the provider and we will bring forth a new sense of belonging. Gacy is here to open the eyes of the blind. We see a hand reach over on Gacy's shoulder and apparently it's Harlan. Gacy grabs a hand and consoles it as we head to commercial. Yep. And, uh, yeah, one segment away from me dropping this Casey bomb, where I me dropping a bomb, but where I think this thing is going, and I'm quite sad about it. Right. You know, I'm trying to find the right place to have the conversation of, when did LA Knight turn face? And and, and we'll, we'll talk about this in the end, actually, when yeah. the War Games match is announced, because it makes sense, but where? Did all this happen? Why did all this happen? Anyways, we'll, we'll get to that uh, later in the show. Uh, so back from the break, Kaylee Ray approaches Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade, and the injured Zoe Stark. She says she will be their fourth partner, and she will participate in the Advantage ladder match next week against Crazy Kai. Kaylee Ray walks off before they can really say anything to her. Yeah, it seemed like they were pretty pumped to have her on board, though. It seemed like they were excited that she would take on the ladder match. Uh, interesting. I'd be happy with someone with a bat saying I'm ready for a fight. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, cool. Welcome aboard. Yep. All right. We go back to the ring, and uh, Joe Gacy is waiting. Grayson Waller and LA Knight suddenly start brawling to the ringside area. Officials rush out to break it up, but they keep fighting and brawling as Knight leaps at Waller. The brawl goes to the backstage area. Gacy takes the mic in the ring and apologizes to the NXT universe. Yeah, I said it. For what just happened, as he wishes he could have shown Knight how to handle his anger um, issues properly how to handle his anger issues properly for some reason that word anger issues is just completely blank to my <laughs> mind um instead gacy will take this time to show us all how we can fix and then some music hits the lights briefly go down as the diamond mine comes out malcolm bivens the creed brothers uh hatchiman ivy now and the nxt cruiserweight champion roderick strong Biven says since Gacy tried to steal the spotlight from the Diamond Mine last week, he figured they'd do the same thing this week. Biven hypes Ivy up for a match and tells Gacy to get out of their ring. Gacy respects Nels, has a match, and says the show must go on, but respect is not something he has for Strong. Gacy says Strong's name along alone is an example of toxic 
masculinity and his title is an example of exclusivity and weight shaming. Gacy says the title triggers those of a certain body type that finds and then the fans go crazy on Gacy. Gacy says the cruiserweight division is meant to divide. Strong says whatever Gacy says. Strong says he fears no one and he doesn't care about any damn weight limit, but he does know his next money match is standing right here. Strong tells Bivens to make the match happen so he can embarrass Gacy. Biven goes on about making the match happen at War Games, saying he's going to beat Gacy like a little John track. Gacy thinks Bivens and says thanks Bivens and says he looks forward to handling these this issue um, at War Games. Bivens orders the Creed brothers to take out the garbage, which is Gacy, but Harlan enters behind. Gacy in the ring stands um, and the Creed brothers back off saying not today because Niall has a match. Gacy's music hits as he looks back, smiles at Harland who is staring Diamond Mind down as we go to commercial. So Boris, this is the end of the Cruiserweight title. That's what we're getting here. Yep. Joe Gacy's going to win this title and he's going to cancel the Cruiserweight title and that's going to be the start of his big heel heat. This is going to be the first thing that that really kind of starts to put the twist on the character. We actually actually him saying like that the cruiserweight title is uh, promotes body shaming and stuff. That is actually the first the first big twist on this character happened this week, which I do like. But this is the death of the cruiserweight title. He's going to win that title. It's possible that they keep it alive and he just wrestles cruiserweights. But I think he's going to win it and retire it. I think that's where we're going. I think this is the last WWE Cruiserweight title match for years is going to happen at War Games. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I think uh, that's... Uh, or they're going to transform it into a non-weight class title. Um, 205 Live is basically, you know, NXT's B-show at this point. Uh, so this doesn't yeah. surprise me. I think that there is a place for the Cruiserweight title still, but I don't know. But I think you're on the right track. I am quite interested to kind of see how this plays out, but I'm a little nervous. I'm a little concerned. Yeah, uh, I'm more than nervous and concerned. I'm uh, already pre-angered <laughs> about it. I have made up my mind about how this is going, and it makes me mad. Speaking of pre-angry, this next vignette make got me super angry, super confused, <laughs> super disappointed. Uh. All right, so MSK. They're driving in a car on their journey to meet this shaman they've been looking for as of late. They're suddenly stopped by the police for not speeding, but only going 7 miles per hour instead. The cop has them step out of the car, ask them to open up the bag they have. They hesitate, but then saved as a speeder comes flying by and the officer has to go deal with that person. The cop says this is their lucky day, but they need to go the speed limit from here on out just just a hack joke like how many times have you seen that in tv shows or even stand-up sets where like the guys are driving high and they think they're speeding but they're actually going five miles an hour that's just like it's just been done to death that gag so it's just like man that's what we're doing here like guys like you might as well do nothing if you're gonna come with an idea that has been done a million times you might as well just do nothing because this this is nothing (laughs) yeah right and I'm not a fan of, of making fun 
of writers, especially the writers in WWE, because they're doing God's work, really. Um, <laughs> but I just can picture the person writing these skits thinking this is gold, thinking he's written the next Cheech and Chong movie. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, but Cheech and Chong were popular when the seventies, sixties, seventies. I don't yeah. even know. But like, not 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 my lifetime, really. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, the only Cheech, and it wasn't even a Cheech and Chong movie. The only Cheech Marin movie that I was alive for was Born in East L.A. One of the funniest movies known to man. No, oh, nice. I have actually never seen that. Dude, I, I, I don't know about that movie. You need to watch that movie. You need to watch All that right. movie. Basically, this dude grew up his entire life in L.A. He's an American citizen. Goes to pick up his cousin. Uh, that's when Border security, border Patrol um, uh, raided a factory. And he, he forgot his wallet. He has no ID. But he looks Mexican. So he gets deported to the States without ID. <laughs> Nice. Oh, well, that's, that, that's a wacky plot. I'll definitely, I'll check that out one day. Maybe next time you come over, we'll uh, imbibe in some substances and watch that. Yes. Uh, water and, uh, and uh, I don't know, fruitopia. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. Snapple. Snapple. That, that's the word I was looking for, actually. All right. <laughs> Ivy Now versus Ulisa Leon. Uh, we get back to the ring, and Diamond Mine is still waiting after that entire commercial break. Ivy Nell with Malcolm Bivens, the Creed Brothers, Hetchy Man, and the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Roderick Strong. Uh, Ulisa Leon waits across the ring, stares now down, the bell rings, and the match starts. This was a short but overall effective match for Ivy Nile. I really dig Ivy Nile. Yeah, she's great. She's uh, she's uh, who's uh, who's the uh, Layla Hirsch. She reminds me a lot of yes. Layla Hirsch. One Layla Hirsch type Pokemon, except you know half the size, half the height. Layla is of Ivy. Ivy is. No, Layla Layla Hirsch is like five feet. Ivy Nile isn't isn't much oh, taller, but I'm I bet of Ivy some, Nile I'm is thinking of, you know, I'm thinking of uh, the NWA champ. What's her name? Everyone's screaming at me. Ah, uh, Camille. That's it. Camille, that's right? what yeah, I was yeah. thinking. That's what I was thinking. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Camille's uh, most recent opponent, Layla Hirsch. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, I, I I thought this was fine. I loved Ivy Nile's finish here, which was the Zack Sabre Jr. style dragon sleeper with the arms clasped behind her own back. That always looks nasty. Ulisa Leon immediately tapped. I thought this was just as good as the Santos squash. Honestly, I would give it three mini boards out of five, Boris. Uh, 60 percent tony hawk pro skater two percentage yep all right after the match we get a vignette with solo sekoa nx2 reminds him of the streets he grew up on which fucking made me laugh he says he used to walk with the people who were with him from day one ish but now he walks alone and is down to fight anyone solo doesn't matter if it's the old guard or the new guard everyone's going to bow down now, Solo Sokoa is coming along. He's yep. coming along. I, I wonder how his push is going to go and where he's going to end up on the main roster. I think this guy is just going to have a, like one major feud and going to show up on SmackDown. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Then it's time for my my, my, my new favorite team, the Grizzled 
grizzled young veterans. They're walking backstage when they run into a staffer. Zach Gibson apparently lifts the man's wallet. They keep walking. LA Knight and Grayson Waller are still brawling as they come crashing into a stack of production cases. Officials try to keep them apart as we go to commercial. I, I kind of like this. It was, I, I like a, a, a runner throughout a wrestling show. And these guys were literally running into each other at full speed backstage. I, uh, I thought this is pretty good. I, I like that this kept occurring throughout the show. Yep. Uh, back from the break, we get a vignette from Boa. He says Mei Ying passed on her strength and spirit, but he has no control over it because it comes and goes. Boa says once it's controlled, you will fear him. We see Boa in his face paint again as he blows the smoke at the camera to end the vignette. Did you see that uh, Mei Ying, a.k.a. Karen Q, got officially a new name? She's officially out of this group. She's a new character. Oh, yeah? No, I didn't yeah, see her name. Her name, as of five days ago, which was reported by, uh, you know, all of the wrestling sites, her name apparently is now Wendy Chu. She's now Wendy Chu, and she's no longer spooky. She's just a, a normal wrestler. Right. I'm dead serious. That's oh, a real I, thing. I, I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> All right, WWE, you win this round. All right, Grizzled Young Veterans versus Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. I had a joke. So I was going to call Brooks Jensen, Jensen and Josh, Josh Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs because they're they're so green, but they do have kind of the cowboy character, right? So I was going to call them the Smoking Greens, Boris. But then I thought the Smoking Greens, that's actually MSK. That's not really these guys. But I'm Ching. Anyways, Josh Briggs. He's pretty good. <laughs> I like Josh Briggs. Brooks Jensen, how? on the other hand. Brooks Jensen, on the other hand. First of all, how dare you no-sell that joke? I sell everything you throw no, at you me. No, you don't. Anyway. No, you, you do not sell everything. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Yeah, Brooks Jensen is improving. He's no longer uh, desperately terrible in there. <laughs> he's just terrible. <laughs> he's, he's just uh, noticeably bad. Yeah. Um, Briggs with a big backbreaker to Drake. Briggs and Jensen follow up with a double-team high-low to Drake for the pin and the win in the middle of the ring. So your winners were Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Honestly, considering the promo time that they're investing in the Grizzled Young Veterans, I'm surprised they got the big old L. It, it was a little bit of storytelling, though, because James Drake tried to work the fake knee injury yeah. angle. But he screwed up, and that directly led to the end, to the finish. Right. So I know you're saying the, the Grizzled Young Veterans were handled quickly, yeah. but at least it kind of played into their developing character. So I don't think it's a disaster. I don't think it's proof that they're getting fired. I think they're now comedy heels, though, which really sucks. Yeah, unfortunately, right? Um, but, man, I don't know. We'll see. I, I guess they have plans for Briggs and Jensen also. It seems like it. They really. They, it seems like they like both guys. Big hoss tag team cowboys. Yep. Um, so it is time for the main event of the night, which was the triple threat North American title match: Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne versus your champion Carmelo Hayes. Boris, did you think this match was better than Carmelo versus Pete Dunne? Yes. Yep. In my opinion, this was the best match. In the 2.0 era. 
I definitely, you know, it's hard to say. I definitely agree with you. I'd have to watch both. I think they're both near the same level, but this was awesome. This was all action, just a ton of fun, fast paced. And yeah, I just, fluid. I really enjoyed this, this match. This match well. was fluid. Matt, what is the thing so I hate fluid. the most in professional wrestling? People sitting around waiting for the next move and breaking that kayfabe of it being a real fight. No one waited around at all. Like this, this, this match, honestly seemed so fluid it seemed so natural uh it was just so well done even when guys were kind of like on the ground yeah they waited a little bit but it wasn't like okay i'm going to you know bend over and wait for that double ddt or something like that right like exactly kept going um this match is like hit after hit after hit and you know what i appreciated the most about this triple threat match it was an actual triple threat match it wasn't a one-on-one with the other guy resting outside of the ring. Yeah, they spent a lot of time with all three guys in the actual ring. Sometimes people were selling, but I agree with that. It was a three-way dance. It wasn't my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, your turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. Yeah, exactly. That's honestly, what more can you ask? Uh, this match, honestly, this is a must-watch match. Um, this is a match that you should go out of your way to watch if you haven't. There was just so much to talk about in this match. Um, man, Gargano and Dunn are just so freaking just amazing. And then Carmelo Hayes is developing into something so special. You know what I would have loved to see? What's that? Carmelo Hayes versus Isaiah Swerve Scott again. Yeah, man, I really thought that was going to be a long-term program because Carmelo Hayes stole Swerve's title and then Swerve got called up and I thought that could be a feud for years and years, decades, decade in WWE. But alas, Swerve has been fired for absolutely no reason. None. Yep, Swerve is going to end up somewhere very quick. And honestly, like, I know AEW can't sign any everyone, but that's someone that he sh- that they should sign. Absolutely. That's the thing. Fire five Joey Janellas to do it. I don't care. But yeah, sign Swerve Scott and push that man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, can you see him with the acclaimed? Like, oh, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of what group he would go into. That's a good idea. I can't see him. You know what? I have two wishes now for AEW. Swerve Scott to the acclaimed and Jonathan Gresham to Team Taz. That's the thing I want the most. I never even thought about Jonathan Gresham to Team Hook. Team Hook, yes. Team Hook featuring Papa Taz. Anyway, <laughs> we got to get going on this show. We're getting a little long in the tooth. We're getting a little long in the tooth. Gargano uh, <laughs> slingshots in from the apron. Dunn plants him. Dunn uh, does a bitter end to Gargano for the pin. But Tony D'Angelo A.O. Gabagool pulls Dunn to the floor, sending him <laughs> into the steel ring steps. Hayes goes to the top rope to take advantage, nailing a flying leg drop to Gargano for the pin to retain your winner and still NXT North American champion, the A-champ, Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, I've been, I've been calling it a top rope axe kick, and maybe it was the first couple times, but it's really not a top rope axe kick anymore. It's more of a top rope famous or top rope leg drop. But uh, yeah, I thought this was fabulous. I, again, it's right on the level uh, of Carmelo versus Pete Dunne. I'm not sure which I would call better, but we're going to say four mini boards out of five, Boris. It's an A minus. It's a great wrestling match. Definitely highly recommended. Seek this one out. Awesome main event on NXT. 
All right, but we still there's still more. Tony D'Angelo goes out and greets Trick Williams at ringside. L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller come out brawling still, bumping into D'Angelo and Trick. D'Angelo attacks Knight, but Dunn comes out and attacks D'Angelo. Big ball with everyone breaks out in the ring now. Trick puts Gargano's arm into a steel chair as Hayes goes to leap off the top rope to injure him. But the music interrupts and out comes NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa to make the save. Trick rushes Ciampa, but gets hit with a steel chair at ringside. Ciampa decks D'Angelo with a steel chair. Dunn stomps Tony's fingers. Champa with another chair shot to D'Angelo. Knight also helps clear the ring. Dunn, Champa, Knight, all in the ring, standing tall while Gargano is down, trying to recover. Hayes, Trick, uh, Waller, and D'Angelo look on from the outside as fans are constantly chanting war games. But while they're chanting war games, it kind of sounds like they're also booing all at once. It's like war games. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Um, Hayes raises his title in the air, then the sirens go off, and out comes Braun Breaker with two Ks. Fans are barking for him. I'm, I freaking love that. Um, Braun stands with Hayes, Waller, D'Angelo, and then yells out, War Games into the mic. Braun, Hayes, D'Angelo, Waller rush the ring, start brawling with Champa, Knight, Gargano, and Dunn. The sirens go off as the brawl continues and NXT goes off the air. The one little detail that I did miss out that I did want to talk about was the little DIY reunion in the middle of the ring as Ciampa's helping Gargano up. Yeah, and the fans caught it too, and they chanted DIY pretty loud. I heard that chant. Um, yeah, man, team team 1.0 versus team 2.0. And it's Ciampa, Gargano, Pete Dunn, and L.A. Knight on Team 1.0 versus Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, and Grayson Waller on Team 2.0. That's, that's very intriguing. I'm quite excited for this main event, man. We called this match last week. You called it specifically. Yes, you did. Thank you. I was kind of worried about it. <laughs> Credit where it's due, big homie. Yeah. Birthday boy making big boy calls. Sounds so weird. Uh, yeah. Okay, so before we get to NXT UK, I know we're running out of time. Not that there's a time limit on a podcast, but we like to keep shows under 90 minutes where possible. Um, so, dude, who's a face? Who's a heel? Why is Gacy being a face with some people, heel with others? Why is LA Knight just randomly turned face on Waller? Uh, what's going on with between faces and heels? Well, you know what? Like, I feel like... The the temptation is to say, well, it's interesting. It's like blurred lines. It's shades of gray. But I don't think that fans find shades of gray and blurred lines interesting all the time. Where the situation calls for it, if there's a reason for it, I think people enjoy that. But to me, Joe Gacy's character is inconsistent. L.A. Knight's character is borderline inconsistent. Like, these things don't feel like they're well-thought-out plans. They feel like poor writing. They feel like uh, people flying by the seat of their pants, you know what I mean? And just changing uh, on a whim. Having said that, I do appreciate the fact that LA Knight was turned face for NXT 1.0's team at War Games. That way you don't have this, you know, can-they-coexist type of story. Everyone now is clearly a face on that team, even Pete Dunn now, and I'm cool with that. 
Yeah, but the thing is, there are there are a lot of baby faces on Team New School too. It's interesting. It's it's an interesting uh, split. I, like Braun Breaker's not a heel, you know. Actually, he's the only baby face. He's but, the only baby face. But I think yeah. they've kind of like slowly, at least, have given him heel tendencies the past couple weeks, um, so that they can make this match right. Like, you know, they're the blurred lines are just a little too much for my liking. But, like I said, I do appreciate the fact that everyone is a heel and everyone is a face on their respective teams right now. At least for the next 10 days. Uh, the only thing I would disagree with is Braun Breaker. I think he's a baby face and he will stay a baby face. Uh, they are giving him an edge, but I think he's a baby face with an edge. Anyway, we're splitting hairs. I, I really like, I'm very intrigued. This was, uh, man, NXT 2.0 is doing it. They done good, Boris. That was a good show, and I'm excited for future 2.0 shows. You know, my excitement, I hope, doesn't just, just you know, uh, bite us in the ass. <laughs> yes, yes. Because after Halloween Havoc, we were both super excited for the next episode, and we got a dance-off. Yeah, it, they laid an egg, an absolute egg. It was a terrible NXT show, and it made me want to quit the podcast. It really did. Like, it really made me it made me so freaking angry at that point. Like, I just hated life. I hated everything after that episode. <laughs> Absolutely. That the worst so we'll, thing we'll give a proper... Oh, yeah. The worst one we've ever talked about. We'll give a proper preview to War Games next week. Uh, I do think we have, we have the one ladder match uh, for the show... Dakota Kai versus Kaylee Ray. We also have the tag team title number one contender match Legato versus Kyle and Vaughn. And I think we're for sure going to get another ladder match. And my guess it's going to be Johnny versus Mello. Yeah, that's who I would put my money on as well. Now, also next week, we're going to be talking about war games. The other thing I don't even want to touch on, but I know people are going to be asking us. So we're going to talk, talk about it. And that's where will Gargano end up? Because his contract is actually up before War Games, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, the other thing that I wanted to briefly touch on was the plan for War Games. It is going to be a podcast. We're not going to do an after party. Um, it's NXT 2.0. Let's be honest. I don't think that it would be worth it for everyone to keep everyone up for an after party. But we will record a podcast that night right after war games and we'll get it up on the feed asap for everyone yeah like yeah we're gonna go yeah immediately after the show and it'll be up uh hopefully by like you know 1 a.m eastern time about that level depending on how late the show goes uh yeah man let's do it i'm very excited i actually am pumped for this nxt 2.0 brand for the first time since it switched yep all right are you ready to uh go across the sea and have some crumpets Jolly good. Alright, you know what that sound means. It's time for NXT UK Corner, where we talk the best hour in WWE TV each and every week. Until this week. Because as we said at the top of the show, NXT 2.0 was fantastic. And it was very comparable to this episode of NXT UK, which again wasn't bad, but NXT 2.0 was actually that that good. 
Yeah, the rare the rare instance where 2.0 was better than UK. And UK wasn't bad either. Like you said, there, there's something on the top and something at the end of this show I really, really liked. Let's do it. Let's get into it, buddy. Yeah, Let, yeah let's get right into it. Andy Shepard, Nigel McGuinness welcomes fans to NXT UK. And we get a awesome match between the Spanish sensation A-Kid and the thunderstorm Sam Gradwell. A-Kid has become one of my favorite wrestlers in all of professional wrestling. His character is unique. He's a soft-spoken, normal guy who handles his business. And in the ring, he's a technician. He's like an intellectual wrestler, both in character and in, like, actual his work. I love this A-Kid. He's he's really something. Yeah. Oh, for sure. This kid is really freaking good. I'm. He's good. Like, honestly, this match was I, I don't know why i'm gonna say this but i'm gonna say it it was shockingly freaking amazing yeah man i would say shockingly good for sure a really really entertaining big man versus little man match i don't think i've seen a better sam gradwell match ever in my life yeah this match though i don't want to say it suffered from a lot of close calls so at one point a kid barely gets back into the ring um uh, you know, uh, for a count. On a out. 10 count. Yeah, and yeah. then he also barely kicks out on a three, on a pin, but it worked. It, like, it honestly kept me super excited through the match, and I honestly enjoyed that. Um, after that, a kid um, saw an opening, he, but he trapped Gradwell with another arm bar. Gradwell had nowhere to turn, and he eventually submits to give a kid the submission victory. Yes, yeah. So I like I said, yeah, it was it was the old UFC MMA spot where the man picks up the guy in the arm bar or like the submission and tries to slam him down to escape the submission. Yeah. But in slamming him down, he put himself in the hold harder and he had nowhere to go and immediately had to tap. I thought this was a really, really strong match. Shockingly good, like you said. I would go three and three-quarter supernovas out of five. Easy 75%, and maybe that's too low. It might have been even better. Uh, you know what? I think that was my initial thought as well. Um, and, and, you know, when we give our match ratings, even if we think a match is better after the fact, we typically go with what our gut said at the time. Yeah. All right, so after the match, we got a look of at Rampage Brown and Flash Morgan Webster's matchup from two weeks ago. After the match, it was reported that Webster sustained a shoulder injury. I'm sorry, brother. That will keep him out of action for the unforeseeable future. Oof. Yes, yeah. Couple weeks at least, it seems like. Um, perhaps more. Uh, yeah, it's a rough one. But uh, you know what? The uh, The subculture group, I think, are strong enough that they'll be fine. But yeah, it sucks for uh, poor Flash Morgan Webster. Let me tell really does. So I finally got, and I'm, I'm sorry for again just absolutely halting the podcast. <laughs> I finally got the diagnosis of what I have. What your actual injury is? What is it? It's a broken shoulder that ended up with a rot a ripped rotator cuff, a broken clavicle, and a broken acromion, which is the chest, like what connects to the chest. I don't even know what that. Jesus Christ, man! How, that, that, that's not the kind of thing that just happens because you wake up one day, though. That's like a said. How? What the fuck? Like how? Honestly, like I said, I swear to you and everyone, this wasn't a drunken anything. Like it just literally, I woke up one day with huge pain on my chest, and that's what it was. 
That's yeah, that's intense, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, all right. The NXT UK champion Ilya Dragunov finds out his title defense against Rampage Brown will occur in two weeks. The mad Russian isn't sweating it, though. He promises he will come out of their fight victorious and still NXT UK champion. Yeah, Ilya Dragunov is figuring it out on the microphone. You know, very clear that English is the second language, but it doesn't matter. He's 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 becoming a good promo. A advertised match of Aaliyah James versus Nina Samuels took over. Man, Nina Samuels is really growing on me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like we said, the new Billy Kay, Boris. She's the new Billy Kay. Yep. But this ended up with a huge upset as Aaliyah James landed a drop kick and formulates a major upset as she rolls Samuels up in a small package and got the win. Yeah, reverses a tilt-a-whirl slam into a small package. Decent little spot. I would say this was this went about five minutes. I think it was 4.54. Uh, I, I don't have my notes, but that's coming to mind. Anyway, yeah, we're going to go as high as two and a half supernovas. I'd say it was an average WWE match right on the Mendoza line. Yep. Right on Our, the Sam Gradwell line. Yes. All right, after the match, the new Heritage Cup champion, Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels, interrupt Sam Gretel's post-match interview. I wonder where they're going with this. I wonder if they're going to, you know, what the, what the plan is here. Yeah, because um, it's weird, because it's heel versus heel with the yeah, heel partner. That's I don't why. know. I Yeah, I'm very intrigued about it, too. I wonder where it seems like Sam and Shaw are going to wrestle. Sam Gradwell and Shaw Samuels. The Sams explode. The Sams explode. All right, so just after her win with Nina Samuels, Aaliyah James is walking through the back, tells an NXT UK reporter how much that victory meant. Once she leaves the interview, she walks it right into Isla Dawn, who blindly ambushes her. Now, Isla Dawn, Dawn steals her hair scrunchie, Boris. Yep. I can, yeah, anyways, let's move on. Um, what evils will befall poor Aaliyah James now? Papa that Shango crazy... stuff. That's <laughs> Mama Shango, Isla Dawn. Huh, Mama Shango. That is the greatest <laughs> thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny because, like, I wasn't even paying attention because I literally just got a text. And I'm like, did he actually say that? <laughs> hey, you should start listening to this podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening to what my podcast partner is saying when he talks. <laughs> ah. All right. Next match was your boy, Kenny Williams versus Saxon yes. Huxley. The cockroach, the best heel in all of wrestling. No, that's strong, but he's awesome. Kenny Williams. I like this match a lot. I like Kenny Williams' character. I like his finisher. Good stuff here. I went about six minutes. Uh, yeah, let me find this. Uh, 5.54 it went. Yep. Exactly. Uh, really good match. Man, Kenny Williams, I want to see him stateside NXT 2.0 ASAP. Big time. Absolutely. I think he's ready, like, character-wise. He's a fine wrestler. I don't know what he's lacking other than, of course, Boris. He's, like, 185 pounds. That's what... Yeah, exactly. Uh, only if there was a title to give to smaller wrestlers. <laughs> they should invent one of those and then give it to a 300-pound man. Fuck. 
All right, Zaya Brookside arrives at the BT Sports Studio. She says, she, uh, she, wow, she's late for a training session. She provides a note to her coach on why she can't train uh, because right now her focus is on getting an NXT UK women's title shot. Yes, yeah. So uh, I did enjoy that also. Just to uh, put a pin on the Kenny Williams thing, Kenny Williams wins in six minutes with his bad luck, which is the old Dean Ambrose headlock driver. I'm going to go three supernovas out of five, 60% on that one, big homie. Yep, agreed. All right, next week, your boy, the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin, is back <laughs> in action. Yeah, so it's fine. I, uh, I have warmed up to Jordan Devlin. He is—he was my Cora Jade for a second, but you know what? I kind of like this guy now. Perhaps yep. you will come around on Cora fully I as well. It. I doubt it. <laughs> it's time for the main event. Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang uh, with Joe Coffey versus Teoman and Rohan Raja. Strong match. Not as good as the opener, but a strong match. And boy, was I here for the finish of this one, buddy. Oh, man. Exactly. Uh... <laughs> I freaking love this finish. All right, so Charlie Dempsey, Charlie Regal Dempsey, he was very regal in this here main event. He sneaks out, surprises Joe Coffey with an unexpected attack. It looks like his allegiance does indeed lie with Tioman and Raja. Uh, thanks to Dempsey's distraction, Tioman and Raja got the win. Yes, Tioman wins with his finisher, which is called the... Well, I, oh, wait, no, it's not the evil eye. The evil eye is something else. Tioman does win with his finisher, though, which is a jumping uh, flatliner. It's the exact same as the zigzag, except yeah. face first rather than a back bump. Yep. That's exactly so, it. So, yeah, so I thought, yeah, I thought this was a pretty strong main event. Uh, and, man, I'm here for Charlie Dempsey getting a push, being added to the family, Tioman and Rohan Raja, and now their killer, Charlie Dempsey. He's the, the hitman. I didn't think this would happen, to be honest. I, for some reason, thought Dempsey was just going to, like, ignore them and eventually feud eventually feud with either uh, Tioman or Raja. I didn't think that he would actually join them. He, he, that's probably the end game, but I'm shocked that he's, you know, he joined them anyways. Uh, yeah, because he was a babyface, like basically just a straight up hard work and generic babyface rookie wrestler. Yeah. And now he's now he's basically like the hired gun of the family. And that's yeah. a way better character. I think he's probably going to translate well to being a heel because he's fucking William Regal's son. Yeah. So, man, I'm so here for this. I, I really can't wait to see heel pushed Charlie Dempsey hook it to my veins. Oh, for sure. I'm super excited for this. I'm all in for this. Matt. How many uh, crumpets, how many supernovas would you give this match? We're going to go three and a half super crumpets out of five. Boris, a 70% Nova percentage on this one. And there you go, man. That was NXT UK. Another pretty strong episode. We are seeing some stories move along. Charlie Dempsey now a heel. Isla Dawn finding a new toy. Um, and, you know, we still have Mustache Mountain doing Mustache Mountain stuff. We have Nina Samuels doing Nina Samuels stuff. Uh, we have Ginny being Ginny with Walter now. Tons, yeah. tons going on. What a power couple. Ginny and Walter. Oh, yeah. my God. What a power couple that is. But, yeah, so next week on UK, uh, coming up this Thursday, Mark Andrews versus Jordan Devlin. And then in two weeks, NXT UK championship the men's title Ilya Dragunov versus Rampage Brown lots of big things happening both 
NXT brands, 2.0 and UK. Some big stuff coming down the pike. Yep. Uh, I'm 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 excited just to get Walter back. I really think that we need him back soon. Um, but I, th I I think they want to establish Ilya Dragunov as the man for a little longer before they, Walter even comes back. Not to say that Walter is going to get a title shot, but you know just kind of giving the reins to Ilya Dragunov. But I really do want to see Walter back soon. Now I know I know Walter have said it before, but that was when he had a family. Now Walter is divorced. I wonder if there's more of a chance of Walter coming stateside and actually working on the main roster for a little bit. But anyway, we're long in the tooth, as we've said a couple times, Boris. Let's say goodbye today. But yeah, I thought this was a good bit of NXT. Excited for everything coming up. Excited for BAM. Let's keep it rolling, homie. Exactly. Etc. Exactly. So as a patron, you already have the midweek markout in your inbox. You have this show because you're listening to it. Tomorrow, we are going to be chatting on BAM as we chat ROH and some MLW and tons of sports. Then on Friday, you are going to be getting the old fucks all elite weekly talking all things AEW Dynamite. Then on Saturday morning, the Smack Daddies are back talking Smackdown. Saturday night, you have uh, the Dark Side of the Elite talking Rampage on Rampage Rollout. Then on Sunday, you have the main show with Jason Agnew and our new addition to the team, Mike McGuire. That's going to be fun. Some fun stuff coming there. And then we're back at it because it's Monday all over again. Good Saskatchewan boy, Mike McGuire. Welcome to the squad. And yeah, keep it locked here at SNME Radio. Big things coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah.